How to thrive despite stress-induced depression. Interview with Coach Kevin Kearns. Is your stress pushing you to feel overwhelmed and depressed? You're not alone. Many people suffer. Would you like to learn some practical tips on not just surviving, but thriving despite all the life difficulties and resulting overwhelm, stress, and depression? Then stay tuned. Our guest, Coach Kevin Kearns, will share his personal story and tools that helped him and many others thrive through mental health challenges due to difficult life circumstances. You're watching Happy and Healthy Mind with Dr. Rosina, episode 109. Coach Kevin Kearns is a transformation coach, an author, keynote speaker, and corporate consultant. He has more than three decades of experience in fitness industry. He's a former strength and conditioning coach for 15 ultimate fighting athletes. And after his difficult life experience and thriving through it, now he helps other individuals recover from mental health challenges and function at their best. And I'm your host, Dr. Rosina Lakani. I help compassionate high achievers continue to achieve more, earn more, and make the impact they're meant to make without burnout and without losing their health or career. I'm an executive coach, a corporate speaker, and an integrative psychiatrist. I believe that your mind is the software that runs the hardware of both your brain and your body. Therefore, we share practical tips for your mental fitness over here. If you need specific medical advice, please consult your healthcare professional. But if you find this content helpful, then join our mission of eradicating preventable suffering by liking, subscribing, and sharing so more people can live and perform at their best with hope, health, and happiness. Let's learn from our guest. Thank you, Coach Kevin, for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Rosina. Thank you for having me, and thank you to all your listeners. You're welcome. So tell us, before we jump into the actual tools, how did this topic become important in your life? Well, you know, I think it started a long time ago when I grew up, you know, we grew up in a very poor city in Everett, Massachusetts. And my father was a great guy. He just drank too much. Mm. And I was the kid that was always picked on. You know, I, I was the last to tie my shoes in the neighborhood, last to take my training wheels off the bike. And I literally, they would pick me, but it was like, oh, it's, we'll pick Kevin for the team, but it's like having nobody. And I didn't have it in me to beat people up. And then I had a life-changing event. This is my dad's ring. I haven't taken it off in 44 years. He died at 48 and I was 12. Mm. Now I'm approaching 57. And that's kind of scary when you think about that. Yeah. The bullying got worse. And my mother did something very smart. She had to kind of push me away. A close uncle, we had a very big family because my mother is one of eight. My father is one of four. And a close uncle talked me into taking karate. Saved my life. So I am literally the real karate kid. From karate, I got smart and I asked people for help. And I started talking to the older guys that looked like big, you know, GI Joes. And we had a weight, we had a weight room. So they taught me how to lift weights. Lo and behold, when I was 21, I entered UMass Boston and got my degree in exercise physiology. And I never expected, I, this was not the plan I had. I didn't have a plan. <laughs> and I kind of fell into this business. When you really think about it, we're talking, I, I had my first client in 1987. Mm. That's a long time ago. Okay. And, and we probably had, there's probably maybe three personal trainers because Madonna had a personal trainer. 
And I realized I was good at it. Mm -hmm. After doing my internship with somebody for about a year and a half, I broke off on my own and literally started my own company. My first company was The Fitness Connection and just kind of started it. And it, it literally exploded. Referrals kept coming in to the point where I then opened a gym in Brookline, Mass for about 10 years. Happiest days when I bought it. Second happiest days when I sold it. Not an easy business. Everything was going right for a long time. I've uh, been studying martial arts. I got into more functional training with my conditioning. And that's what more what I do is functional strength training. Married my college sweetheart. Everything looked great. It was going forward. And then 2005, the bottom fell out, literally. What happened? My, my ex-wife now started drinking and became an alcoholic when we had a six-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old at home. Oh, my God. Everything changed. Yeah. And the same token, I got involved with Ultimate Fighters, and my business was skyrocketing. Oh. Really skyrocketing. I went from one fighter to 15 fighters. So I'm trying to manage all that at home, manage a business that's exploding when I started Burnwood Kearns. And it, it, it was, it was cha extremely challenging. It, it, it really shook me down to my core. And I come from a background of, you know, in sickness and in health. You, you stay in, you stay in, you stay in. She did get sober, but things didn't change. So over a long period of time, for you know, almost from 2005 till about 2017, that was 12 years, not going when she is sober. Uh, I don't consider it recovery, but she is sober. She's basically a dry drunk. I had enough and I said, that's it. I've, I've, got, to, I've, I've got to end this. You know, my, it, wasn't, it wasn't the relationship I wanted to show my children, my two girls. It wasn't the relationship. So I said, I pulled the trigger and it was literally my divorce read like a new story. That's how bad it was. It was really, I mean, I don't think you know anybody that it's amicable, right? Very few people. I don't know why it can't be. You know each other for 30 years. You're sleeping in the same bed. You have kids together, and then it just all exploded. Had my dream house, the whole bit. My business is exploding. At home, everything's struggling. I'm traveling. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing keynotes. I'm working for corporations. And at home, it was all falling apart. I, there were times I couldn't wait to go on the road just to get away. Like the first five years of her drinking, she fell asleep on the couch every night for five years. Every night. So, you know, the abuse, everything else. And then when I finally pulled the trigger, she helped make it. She, I will say this to throw it. I don't care if it's throwing her underneath the bus. She made it messy. She cost us over $100,000 for a $20,000 divorce. Somebody attacked my house and put a hole in the gas meter, tried to get me on a false domestic. So you have all that stress early on. And then now you've got to start over. You know, now I've got to date at 50. How do you, how do you date at 50? <laughs> you know, how do you date at Plus, you know, a lot of things that she said and did to me. I was, you know, for every one out of four women are physically and emotionally abused. One out of seven men, I happen to be one of them. You know, try to get me on a false domestic in front of the kids, uh, emasculated me. And then now you're going to get out there and try all over again when you've been with the same person for 30 years. Not fun, not challenging. Uh, excuse me, not challenging extremely. And then literally going from dream house, two and a half acres. 3,300 square feet to 1,100 square feet and then having your children every other weekend. And you go, literally, I remember the first weekend, been a father for 16 years. I go, what do I, what do, I do with myself? Yeah. What, do I, what do I, you had, and I, a friend told me this years ago, excuse me, when he got divorced, you have to learn to be alone again. Like I had no problem. I have no problem traveling alone, eating in restaurants alone, none of that. But when you come home, at least you're home. Right. When you're by yourself, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. Especially when you've been doing it since I was, I was not living alone since I was 28, you know, so to go 22 years, 
not living alone and go back to living alone is extremely difficult. And then you have all the other stresses, mm -hmm. business going well, business change. I'm not seeing the kids. And then eventually I started getting depression. I was becoming overwhelmed. And then my ex convinced my kids to move out. And I haven't spoken to my kids in almost four years. Oh my God. And that that's, pushed me. That's a killer. Yeah. It's a hole in your heart and, it, and it's, it has to be managed every day. And that pushed me over the edge and I became overwhelmed. And then on 12, 22, 19, I tried to take my own life. And then on 12, 23, 19, 12, 23, 19, I tried to take my own life again. Thank God a state trooper stopped me when I was trying to jump, I was trying to find a spot to park on the Tobin Bridge, sent me to my therapist and I went to McLean Hospital where they taught me a lot. And then I actually went through what's called ECT therapy, electroconvulsive therapy. Mm -hmm. And I tried everything. I tried drugs. I tried I've been in therapy for years. I tried it. It wasn't working. And it's going through it. It feels surreal. Mm -hmm. You know, all these, I mean, exercise was always my outlet for stress management. Mm -hmm. Always exercise wasn't working at all. It was like drudgery. Mm -hmm. And the thoughts just kept swirling and swirling. I'm like, what, where were these coming? And it was almost like it wasn't me. And the best, the best thing I realized, it was like a cement overcoat. You just couldn't get rid of it. And then the fun part was, well, not the fun part, the interesting part was usually it takes about 12 treatments before you start feeling better with ECT therapy. Uh -huh. And it was like the sky opened. Uh -huh. And then now the hard part was now I'm coming back. That was 2020. And now I'm in the service business. What happens? Four months later, COVID, I lose 90% of my business overnight. Uh -huh. So that all, and, and I, it's funny, it, it, it's interesting how I stayed in the straight and narrow, even though my business bottomed out and slowly, I mean, I'm still in the process of rebuilding, but it's taken because we're in the, I'm in the Northeast and it's a little bit harder than other states. It's taken a good five years to gain steam. And then after I went through that experience in January, I got out of the hospital. I mean, I literally woke up Christmas Eve morning, 2019 in McLean in a lockdown ward. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot from those people. And when I got out, my business coach said, you've been, you've been vacant on social media. Talk about something difficult. And I shared this early with you. So I did talk about my depression. Didn't even talk about my suicidal attempts, my depression and my suicidal ideation. We had 2,000 views in a day. My phone started ringing off the hook. Mm. I've helped probably 23 to 24 people not in their lives and get the help they need or the anxiety, the whole bit. And then that inspired me to write my second book, there's light in the tunnel, how to survive and thrive a depression. A true, raw, and real story of what I went through and how I came back out of it. Very People read this and people know how I speak and how I am. I mean, yeah, you can be, you have to know the audience, right? Yeah. Speaking to truck drivers, I've got to be a little bit raw. If I'm speaking to corporates, you've got to be, but at the same token, you have to have that hard message of like, look, this is not a joke. Yeah. There's a huge stigma across this, and that's one of the reasons why I work with McLean Hospital with their deconstructing stigma. My whole bio is up there for what I went through. My mission is to, is to help people. And hopefully when you look at a good friend of mine at McLean said this, and he was correct. I think he was correct. COVID was the pandemic and it brought mental health to the forefront because that is the real pandemic yeah. or the long going pandemic. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of silent killer, like suicide kills, depression, is the silent killer that keeps killing until you address it. Now, I've been a psychiatrist for 26 years, so I hear these stories over and over again. But many times, like I had one patient who came, like he said, 
I've been struggling for five years. I just could not get over this hesitancy of making an appointment. My primary care physician kept on asking me to see a psychiatrist, but I just could not. But then when I started become suicidal, I was, I made this appointment. It's like you did not have to suffer for five years unnecessarily. And it's just because of this stigma. Yes. And I feel that, you know, being depressed means, you know, something, something to hide about or like you know, something to be ashamed about. Absolutely. Although it is just similar to having a kidney infection or a lung infection or diabetes. People don't don't hide having the, the diabetes or high blood pressure, but they feel the need to hide their mental health challenges because of this stigma. Well, I appreciate what you're saying and, and it's very typical of men. Right, men are supposed to be tough, supposed to be hard, yeah. and that's why we're working on my first TEDx, my first TED Talk, TEDx coach. Only true confidence through vulnerability. I'll say that again. Only true confidence through vulnerability. You've got to become vulnerable and transparent to get through it, to regain your self-esteem. I was guilty of the stigma. You know, here's Coach Kearns, 15 UFC fighters, best-selling DVD series, been on UFC.com, walked out to the ring. I can handle it. I can't handle it. A friend of mine pointed out to me, he goes, if you have a kidney problem, you go to a kidney doctor. If you have a, a heart problem, you go to a heart doctor. He goes, how do you think you're going to fix the most complicated organ in your body, your brain? And I agree with you. One of the chapters in our book is the hidden wound. I break my arm. You say, what happened to your arm? I tell you I'm depressed or anxious or suicidal. You're like, what? And most people will turn a blind eye. They don't want to deal with it. And those are the people that I would have to say, they're the ones that are having two bottles of wine a night or eating the donuts or whatever else, you know, and that will eventually what's going to happen is mental health and mental illness will knock at the door and they're not going to be unprepared to deal with it. Well, it's a very inspiring story. Our audience would love to learn some of the tools that have helped you and that you're using to help others. So can you share some of those tools with us? Sure. Well, the first one is a big one. And I believe it's a quote. It's either from Mark Twain or Shakespeare. And this has been, I've worked on this for five years. Because there's a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, and a lot of regret around this, it's a very deep quote. And, and you know, my, my girlfriend always says, she's like, where do you come up with this stuff? I go, I listen constantly. Wayne Dyer, Deepak Chopra. So the quotes, I, I think the quote is great. And there's a couple of them that I will share. And I want people to take these home. Forgiveness is the fragrance that is shed by the violet on the heel that has crushed it. Say it again. Sure. Forgiveness is the fragrance that is shed by the violet on the heel that has crushed it. So in other words, you stepped on me. I've got to forgive you anyway. So the first person you've got to forgive when you're going through this, if you've got suicidal ideation, is yourself. Many times men and women get into this category because it's almost like I've done a lot of work with Alan on too, and I know too much about AA from my ex. And they say, if you're on a plane, right, and you're with somebody that needs help, you have to put your mask on first. And I think as a parent, we tend, and married, we tend to forget about ourselves. So in a sense of if you want to be, if you want to have self-care, you've got to be selfish to a certain point. You have to be somewhat selfish. So rule number one, be a little selfish. Rule number two is simple. What we call our three pillars, functional, proper exercise, functional, proper nutrition, 
functional proper mindset. And what that means is just because so-and-so on YouTube has 50,000 followers doesn't mean it's the right for you. I tell clients all the time but with my three decades in the business, they're like, I hate spinning. Don't spin. I hate running. Don't run. It's one of my foundations in my first book, Always Pick Last. We call it the 4S formula. Speak up, stand up, stay together. Stay together. Find like-minded people. I've been studying martial arts since I was 13 years old. I just came from my teacher's house, one of my teacher's houses. Those like-minded people will push you up. If you like swimming, swim. If you like chess, play chess. It's not really that hard when you look at adults because a friend of mine told me this. One of my best friends, Shehan Scott O'Keefe, Professor Scott O'Keefe said this. He says, there's no difference between an adult and a child. An adult is a child with a job. <laughs> well, one of my favorite quotes, I, I think it was Ben Franklin said this. We don't grow old. We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. That's so true. That's so true. People take everything too serious sometimes. And that's why sometimes in treatment, we tell people like, you know, take care of the child within. Because the child is there and, and it wants to have, human beings want to have fun and pleasure in life. We kind of get too occupied with day-to-day -day responsibilities. And then we start losing that that part of us. So Exactly. Well, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm doing my first retreat in Tuscany, Italy, on these three pillars. And one of the focuses I'm, I'm doing with people is when we talk about proper exercise, even breathing. So I'm a big fan of the Wim Hof breathing method. So we're going to do a whole two hours on just breathing. And it's helped me tremendously. And I think the big thing people have to realize is, and this was a hard-hitting thing for me back in March, because I had a bout of anxiety out of nowhere waking me up in the middle of the night, is I told my therapist three years ago, almost four years ago, He's like, well, you're in remission. No, I'm, in, I'm, I'm cured. I'm not cured. You know, you learn to live with it. And I think one of the other big things people have to remember is, and this is, a, I'm a big yogi too. I've been doing yoga for 15 years. And yoga is a good metaphor for life because it puts you into uncomfortable positions and tells you to breathe. Mm. Life wasn't meant to be completely comfortable. You know, like some people would say, I don't want to be disappointed. Disappointment's part of life. You can't help it. You know, it's part of life. It just, you know, uh, I had a client say to me the other day, great quote. I love this quote. And he's learned this in the 60s. Because when I used to get frustrated, I, I would somebody taught me this, a therapist taught me this. Is it a tragedy, tragedy or just an inconvenience? And I, I'm a big fan of Matthew McConaughey. And one of the best quotes I heard from him is, "We, I'll be happy when I get the house. I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy. It, it raises the bar every time. Versus he goes, when I backed off and just got stuck in the process of doing this, like uh, Bo Jackson would run to the goal line, through the goal line, and into the stands. You had to tell him he scored because he was just so lost in the process. So I think we lose sight of that because if you say, well, this will make me happy, what? You're raising the bar again. How about just be where you are? So one of the big things, and this is another technique I learned from Alan on that I'll share with people, is if you're having – I don't believe in rough days. I believe in rough moments. Every morning, I either try to think it and say it in my head or write it down. Write down five things you're grateful for. Just five things. See, invariably, you'll have 25. But what I try to tell clients, too, is you think it, you ink it. You'll end up having thank the universe for things that are past, present, and future. Like I'll thank the universe for thank you for all my clients past, present, and future. Thank you for hitting this number on my income. Thank you for paying off this debt, even if it's not there yet. Because mm -hmm. – 
feeds the mind, I think. Mm -hmm. It's so similar to my technique. Well, not my technique, but I'm, I must have learned from different places. But I authored a book called Just to Joy Guided Gratitude Journal. And so not the time to go in detail of my story, but the point is that after my car accident and my broken hand, if one technique that helped me get through that difficult phase of my life was this gratitude journal. And like you said, you know, writing at least five things, I, you know, every patient that I see when I'm writing their prescription, I say, okay, while I'm writing the prescription, tell me three things you're most grateful for. And when they're done with the three things, I tell them, okay, tell me three more. <laughs> and, you know, um, it kind of brings in chuckle, but like, you know, if I say, okay, tell me 10 things or 15 things, it's kind of harder, but you start with the small and then you grow, make, make the list bigger. And so most of the patients that are coming to my office, they're kind of talking about all the problems and the pain and the difficulties. And then I ask them about you know, what they're grateful for, their mind shifts to things that are working rather than the things that are not working. And that gives them strength to cope with the things that are not working. So I, it's a wonderful, wonderful tool that has helped me in, in my life, uh, in my patient's life. And so one of the tools that I describe in my uh, guided gratitude journal is the advanced gratitude. Like you said, like, you know, clients, past, present, and future. So you can say thank you in advance for, and then you can kind of, and, and there's a benefit of that tool that you just described because our brain sometimes get confused and it doesn't really know what it wants. So when, when you put it very clearly, I'm thankful in advance that, or in your situation, you said, I'm thankful for my future, this, 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 then it gets clear blueprint to the brain where you want to go and that creates better path and so you start taking action towards where where you want to go so that's wonderful exactly i mean you'll see behind me there's my war board <laughs> these are all my post-it notes of things that have to get done and what i do with them is as i accomplish something or as i finish something and it's cathartic i throw it away it's done it's done. It's done. I'm a very big note taker. And I think the other thing that helps people too, that I've, I've imparted on people, when you look at nutrition, I say, look, if you eat a donut, you're going to feel like a donut. What's a donut feel like? Take a look at a donut. Do you think it feels okay? <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. And then mindset, right? If you're constantly, as you said, as you're constantly focusing on the negative, that's a challenge. So I try to tell people this and something I learned out of yoga was one one of the things I learned out of yoga, pain is temporary, suffering's a choice. The other thing I tell people too, I go, look, the fact that you showed up to work out is 90% of it, the rest of it's all judgment. I should have done this. I go, take out shoulda, coulda, and woulda, throw it out the window, just throw it out the window and take I impossible, cut it in half, I'm possible. And the other thing I try to think about, and it's hard in the moment, I'm not saying this is easy, is if I'm going through a tough moment, like when I had those, that bout of anxiety was waking me up every night, anxiety attack. And, I'm, and, and, and then my brain towards the end of it, thank God for my, my girlfriend. Um, she kind of got me through and she's like, listen, she goes, why don't you just take, you know, take some out of it. It'll like smooth you out. Cause I, I was like, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, why is this? And of course my therapist walked me through it and the whole bit. And again, it's, 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 it goes back to, it almost goes back to a concept Dr. Wayne Dye would say, if it isn't fear, it's love, fear of love, fear of love. It was like fear of being worthy, fear of paying the bills, fear of this. And it all kind of came together. And again, getting overwhelmed. So 
one of the things I like to say too is pain is inevitable. Suffering's a choice. Move and improve. Just do something. Like I have a, a somebody coming on the train with me tomorrow. He's in Midwest. He was 600 pounds when I first started talking to him. He's now down below below uh, 500, 480. But he says I've been, I've been I've been sitting around waiting for dice. I said, well, we can't have that. I mean, and you look at people. And, and back in the day when I was young, I didn't understand obesity. You know what I mean? And then I sat in. I was a consultant for Tufts Medical Hospital in Boston for the Obesity Consult Center, and I sat in with a support group meeting with patients zero to 200. I heard the stories. I'm like, oh my God, everybody was either sexually or physically abused. I'm like, okay. And when you look at addiction, the easiest thing to be addicted to is food. You don't need a license. You, you don't need you know to be 21 and you, you have to eat. You can stop drinking, right? You can stop doing drugs. You can't stop eating. Well, you can, but you're going to die. You'll get anorexia. So I think I think that has to be, that's the, I mean, I, I tell people, when people say like, oh, well, marijuana is a gateway drug. This is my feeling. I go, sugar's a gateway drug. Caffeine's a gateway drug. I go, it's all, anything that stimulates you, I go, exercise can be a gateway drug. I go, but it's the, it's the eustress versus distress is what's better. So I tell clients, I go, just do something. Move, you know, move and improve. I, I had the, the trouble too when in my 30s, I'm like, oh, well, you know, or 40s, I'm like, oh, I'm the strength coach. I got to beat myself up. You can't beat yourself up every day. You can't, you just can't as far, as far as exercise and then mindset, you know, like, you know what? I learned this from other psychologists like yourselves, you know, maybe I don't need to open my phone on a Friday night and I need to sit here and watch a movie. Right. And it's okay. I think it's very hard in this country because if you look at the vacations, I have a lot of friends in Europe, they get three weeks off the back and then they get, they max out at six weeks. What do we take two? And know? many times they, we don't like, even uh, I know a lot of people who have vacations and that would keep on piling because they would not take that vacation. And the stress keeps on building and building because we identify ourselves with work a lot. And I, you know, I identify with work a lot. So I'm, the, I'm equal, equally guilty about that. But at the same time, having those breaks kind of help you bring down that level of stress so that you can function better. Well, I'll, I'll agree with you. I'll take that to another level. It makes it worth it, right? It makes it worth it. You know, like I just booked a, you know, booked a trip with my girlfriend, you know, to an island. And she's like, well, you know, the money of this, I go, and this is a big Wayne diet concept, the how we can handle, what's the what? I go, you haven't had a vacation in like four years, okay? I haven't one in two. I go, plus I've got a couple appointments over there for business. There you go. I go, well, if that makes you feel better, <laughs> we'll do it that way. Just like the, the retreat we're working on, I've got retreats going now starting uh, in October in Italy, in Tuscany, which is going to be phenomenal. We're going out hopefully a week early because why not? Yeah. Why not? I'm like, hey, I'll go to Italy. And the guy's like, hey, we love you. We want you to go to Scotland. We want you to go to, we want you to, go to Iceland. We want you to Spain. I'm like, okay. Wonderful. I'm like, I'll go five days early. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, we are having so much fun that I didn't realize we are almost towards the end of time. So <laughs> let's kind of tell people if they want to reach you, how can they reach you? That's simple. They can go to my website, burnwithcurrents.com. That's B-U-R-N-W-I-T-H-K-E-A-R-N-S.com. Thank you. And so can you kind of wrap up your message and kind of give us one take-home message for our audience today? First thing I want people to realize, you matter. 
Okay. If you're stressed out, remember this, you matter. Just remember that you matter. And somebody does care about you. The third thing I want people to think about too is somebody, this is, this is something that helped me tremendously. Somebody always has it worse. Always. There's a, there's a, I'll leave everybody with this analogy. If you put a room of people together, a thousand people, and they brought their bag of crap and put it in the center of the room and you brought your bag of crap, you look at this, you take yours back. Everybody has baggage. Mm -hmm. It's how you manage it on a daily basis that makes you, you know, life's a journey. Growth is optional. Wonderful, wonderful. And thank you for the gift that you're going to share. And I would actually like you to share a little bit about what is in this gift. The gift is called Combat Ready. And what is in this gift? So Combat Ready is an article I wrote on my protocols I came with with the fighters. And it burns a lot of calories in a very short amount of time. And it's very eclectic. The reason I call it combat ready for the regular, for, you know, for the average Jane and Joe is we've got to be combat ready for what life is going to come at us. Everybody's, everybody's fighting something, right? You might be fighting depression. You might be fighting illness. You might be fighting your mortgage, whatever it is. Well, why not be ready for those things? Because the fitter you are when stress hits you, the better you're going to handle it. Not just mentally, physically too. So train your mind, train your body, train your soul. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Our listeners, if you want to get this gift, you can go to our website, happyandhealthymind.com, and then press that button, resources, and you'll be able to download this and all the other resources our wonderful guests have shared. And if you're in US, you can also text the word joyful, J-O-Y-F-U-L, to the number 38470, and we'd be happy to send you the links for these resources and reminders for future programs. So let me leave you with this message today. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Every day is a new opportunity to make change. What is one small change you are going to make today to make your life better, to develop your resilience, to be able to cope with the stress, and avoid unnecessary suffering. Coach Kevin Kearns has shared many different tools and tips with you. Pick one, make a commitment so that you can live your best life with hope, health, and happiness. Even if life presents to you difficult circumstances, you're able to not just survive, but thrive through it. And it's okay if you need help, seek help, so that you can come out of whatever you're going through. On that note, stay safe, happy, and healthy. And thank you, Coach Kevin Kins, for uh, sharing your wisdom. Thank you. Till next time, Dr. Rosina.